Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's very difficult uh, these days uh, to see anything in the news, hear about anything, learn about anything except Donald Trump. He, he just he controls, he overwhelms uh, television, uh, all types of media, the newspapers, the magazines. And there are other things going out in the wor- on in the world, believe it or not. And again, this week I'm going to try to share some of those things with you before I get into Donald Trump. Because like it or not, we must discuss Donald Trump. Our, our world, our world here in the United States, it's like we're, we're on... Our world is on the point of a needle, okay? It's balancing there. And this guy is such a screw-up, he can screw up our world, our lifestyle, what we know. So I'm going to cover a few things that are beyond or not surrounding Trump at the beginning, and then I've got to jump into Trump with both feet. I want to talk about what we do to Vladimir Putin. He is now... He has initiated a cyber war with the United States. There is no question, all our intelligence agencies agree 100% that Russia got involved and did influence our 2016 presidential election. The only one who doesn't agree is Donald Trump. What Putin has on Trump, I don't know, but it has to be something terrific. And in due course, my friends, we're going to find out probably through the Mueller commission because he just he Trump just dances to Putin's tune in effect. I think Putin should be punished. He should be punished now because if he isn't punished, our intelligence experts have also told us that he will try to influence our our 2018 elections which are coming up in only a few months. We can't let him do it again. And there are ways to get at him and get at him quickly. You have to understand that Russia is economically vulnerable. They're not in great shape financially. And the people, though though they are going to reelect Putin uh, in a few weeks, probably with 85 or 90 percent of the vote, because the the opposition either gets killed or put in jail, uh, so he'll be there again. They're unhappy, though. The people are unhappy with Putin. The way to do it, in my opinion, three steps, very simple. Sanctions that have already been authorized by the Congress of the United States. Impose them immediately. Trump passed on them. Here I'm talking about Trump on an issue. I don't even want to talk about Trump, but i got to talk about him, see? Uh, the sanctions that are authorized, impose them. Now, you have to understand that Russia is heavily dependent on revenue from the sale of oil. Russia's rich in oil, but they're dependent on the sale of that oil in order to get an income. That's what keeps Russia going, their income. Russia's a lot like the Saudi Arabia of yesterday. Remember, they controlled everything. They controlled the oil. Well, all we have to do is cut off their own oil supply and the way to do it, and it's within our control, because Saudi Arabia today does not control the oil markets of the world. The United States is a major influence. We have finally reached the point where we're producing more oil than we need. We sell oil to foreign countries. So all we have to do 
is make the price of oil and gas plummet. Make it go down suddenly. Think how Saudi Arabia manipulated this market. We do the same thing and let the price of oil and gas drop immediately. We may take a beating. We can afford to. Russia cannot. And if the revenue falls, as I'm suggesting, and it will, the economy obviously is going to take a hit in Russia, and the Russian people are going to get uncomfortable. They're going to get nervous. Then... The next step is, and number three, Putin is a rich man. Uh, what the world doesn't realize, and I've talked about this over the years, and I've written about this, he gets a piece of the action of everything that Russia is involved in. I re- I've read several times that he gets 17% of everything Russia is involved in. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's the only thing I found out there as to how much. That's a lot of money. And even if it's much less, it's still a lot of money. He is purported to be the richest man in the world. I have never heard anyone deny that statement that Putin is the richest man in the world. Forbes may not list him, but he is the richest man in the world. So what do you do? You go after his assets. You screw him up. He can't bank in the United States. Uh, You cut off his supply of money and transferring funds from one country to another. We have the capacity to do it. We do it right away. Within 30 days, he is on his knees. But we're not doing any of this. And he's going to screw up our next election in several months. Because our president says, this is my friend. This is my friend. And I believe him when he says he had nothing to do with influencing our election. Another thing I want to talk about is the fact that we're in so many wars, absolutely horrible, absolutely terrible. Afghanistan, we've been at war with them, what, now 17 years? Ridiculous. Uh, We've become accustomed to being at war. We've become accustomed to having our people go and die or get shot up so badly they can come back maimed, one leg, no legs, blind, faces totally disfigured. We've become accustomed to war. That in itself is sick, okay? And you know why? Because, sure, we know we're at war, but we don't feel war. The war in Afghanistan, the war any place else in this world that we are participating in, those wars, they don't impact on our personal lives. We've got to be inconvenienced. We've got to know something is going on and feel it in our everyday lives. Let me give you two examples, and they're silly examples, but when I share them with you, you're going to understand. From World War II, in World War II, most uh, every local community had its own uh, board that would decide what things the people could, could share, could eat, could do. Uh, in order to preserve whatever things they had. For example, gasoline was at a premium. Uh, Gasoline had to go to our boys fighting Germany, fighting Japan, and we had to sacrifice. Uh, We had to ration, in effect, ration. And my own home community, Utica, New York, in 1943, the rationing board said, If you go to church on Sunday, when you go to church on Sunday, you cannot drive your car. You must walk or take a bus. We must save that amount of gasoline, very little though it may be, 
and the wear and tear on tires because tires are oil produced. Would you believe that? You walk to church. If it's too far, you don't want to go. You don't want to walk. You don't go to church. The other thing, there was a coffee crisis in World War II. We needed coffee for our boys, again, fighting the Germans and the Japanese. And here's the way it went in those days, back in 1942. You were in a restaurant. You could buy one cup of coffee. There were signs in most restaurants saying, uh, first cup of coffee, five cents. Things were that cheap back then, my friends. Second cup, one dollar. First cup, five cents. Second cup, one dollar. Who the hell is going to pay for this? The second, I'm sorry, one hundred dollars. I apologize. One hundred dollars. Second cup, one hundred dollars. Who's going to pay one hundred dollars for a cup of coffee? Uh, adults were permitted to buy coffee just like we go to the supermarkets now, but permitted to purchase only one pound of coffee every five weeks. Each adult, and that was a person 15 or older, was permitted to purchase one pound of coffee every five weeks. Uh, Amazing, isn't it? Uh, The other thing is uh, some, some families, in order to have coffee, would take the grounds and reuse them several times in order to get so the, the, the cups of coffee were weaker. They did this and did this and did this until there was no flavor at all. Uh, and that's the story. And we don't do any of these things. And we should. We should suffer somehow because if you suffer, you know, and then maybe, just maybe, we're not going to be happy with all these wars and we're going to be in less or none at all. Now I want to talk about an issue important to women. Uh, and I'm, What am I talking about? They have a menstrual cycle. I'm talking about the pads they use when they have their, menstru- their menstruating, tampons, and problems involved with periods. Would you believe in this day and age, it became an issue in Oregon before the Oregon State Legislature. Okay, there was a bill uh, recently before a committee of the Oregon State Legislature uh, involving feminine hygiene products as they affected women in prison. The the story was the price of the pads and tampons uh, in Oregon prisons. Seems like present rules permit the issuance of 12 tampon pads a month. To a woman. Well, for a woman uh, going through her period, uh, it, and these were very thin pads, by the way, uh, that wasn't enough. Some women have heavy bleeding cycles, as we know. And a bill was introduced by a female legisl- Oregon legislator, uh, who's, which said, in effect, women should have access to free, unlimited feminine hygiene products, and she anticipated that the additional cost to the state of Oregon would be $80,000 a year, a drop in the bucket. Again, to help solve the heavy periods problem, women were embarrassed, women are bleeding on their clothes, uh, bleeding on their, their cots or their beds, bleeding all over the place. Disgusting, but a fact of life. Uh, the state says, well, maybe, we're not sure, and if we do, we have to charge you. Well, I don't know how the women were going to pay for it, because the work they do in the prison in Oregon, they get paid 15 cents an hour, and the feminine hygiene products uh, are as costly for them, if not a little bit more costly, than 
you they pay for in a drugstore or supermarket. Well, became a problem. Uh, became a problem. The I'll tell you how bad the problem is. Last year, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, not a state bureau, the Federal Bureau of Prisons recognized the problems and issued a memo on August 17th, compelling, that's the word in the, in, in the memo, compelling, which means mandate, uh, that the government, the wardens, were to issue tampons, pads, and panty liners at no cost, at no cost to the inmates. Well, the Oregon legislator said, you know, uh, one, it's going to be costly. It might be more than 80000 And if we make the pads heavier, we're afraid that women are going to use these heavier pads, listen to what I'm saying, to hit the guards <laughs> with, and stuff like that, such trash, such, such garbage. By the way, this committee, listening to all this, not one woman on the committee. Would you believe it? Yeah, you would believe it. That's the way things happen in this country. All men. Well, what did happen? It came up for a vote, and they didn't even let it out of committee. They were not permitted to go to the full legislature uh, for a vote. I'll tell you how tight they are out in Oregon. I'm laughing now as I say this. At the same time, the same committee, and by the way, the name of this committee is the Committee on Military Veterans and Regulatory Affairs. What the hell they got to do with female hygiene, I don't know. But the same committee, okay, denied providing unlimited toilet paper to women in the prisons. Now I want to talk about violence begets, begets violence. If something bad happens here, and it's going to happen someplace else. Because if one nut does something, another nut says, hey, I can do that too. What am I talking about? Well, we know Nicholas Cruz and what he did uh, in Florida at the Douglas High School last week. Well, we had a nut. We have a nut here in the Keys, okay? 45 miles from Key West in the middle of the Keys, the Florida Keys. A marathon resident, 19-year-old Duviel, D-U-V-I-E-L Gonzalez, Duviel Gonzalez. And on last Saturday morning, this just happened, he put on Instagram pictures of guns with a message that he was going to shoot up the band concert scheduled for that afternoon in Marathon. Woo! Well, people called it into the sheriff's department. Uh, the, the, the area here is ready to move on these things. The sheriff's department got all the necessary federal, state, and county agencies together. They knew exactly how to find out who this guy was because his name wasn't on this thing, nor was his picture. But somehow through numbers that go with whatever you have on a computer, they traced down who he was, and they had him arrested much earlier than 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay? Very, very impressive. But were they not on their toes, we would have had a Parkland situation here last Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Marathon during a high school band concert. The concert went on, heavily secured. You never know what else might be going on, but it did go on. Good job, Monroe County Sheriff's Department. I want to talk about Silvio Berlusconi. These are things we don't do anymore. We don't hear about them. They're on the news, but they pass us by because it's Donald Trump all the time. Silvio Berlusconi 
top-notch politician, ran Italy for years, prime minister for years. Even when he was out of office, he controlled the government of Italy. Powerful man. He's 81 years old now. Well, power falls down sometimes. He was tried on two criminal charges. Uh, He likes young girls. This wasn't the only one, but this is the one he got convicted for, that he had sex with a minor. She was 17 years old, and he was convicted of that. And he was also convicted of tax evasion. Fortunately, Italy has a law that if you're convicted of a crime and you're 70 years or older, you don't go to jail. Good deal. Uh, I should keep it in mind. I'm 82. I should move to Italy if I'm going to commit a crime. Uh, But you must do house arrest during the period you would have spent in jail. Well, there's a lot of bad things going on right now in Italy. They are almost as bad as Greece financially. Also, immigration is unquestionably a problem. Our problem with immigration doesn't even compare with theirs. The black Muslims are coming out of Africa. They want to get to Sweden. The the route to Sweden is through Italy. Many like what they find in Italy, and they want to stay there, and they are. And the black Africans are taking over Italy. The people are upset. It is estimated there are 600,000. Illegal black immigrants from Africa presently living in Italy. Well, and I know this personally because I travel to Italy. Uh, my friend Anna lives in, uh, outside of Milan. and That's all she complains about. Even when she writes me periodically, she's always talking about the black people. They've taken over, et cetera, et cetera. Anyhow, uh, his theme, there's an, an election March 4th right around the corner in Italy. He says, my people are in government. They're in, they vote my party in again, okay? I'll get rid of those 600,000 blacks. Sound familiar? Right away. Donald Trump style, but he may win on this issue. Now, let me say this. He's a very wealthy man. I've, I've been to Portofino several times. His home actually is in Portofino. Uh, he lives like a railroad baron after the Civil War in this country. The huge homes they built, uh, primarily in New York City and other parts of the country. He lives like a wealthy man. He magnificent home on the bay. Shrubbery like you wouldn't believe. The cost of maintaining the shrubs alone has to break, would break a normal person's back. Uh, he's a very good friend, by the way, of Putin's. He and Putin get along so well that several years ago, Putin built a summer home for himself and his family right next door to Berlusconi's home in Portofino. Now we get into Donald Trump in the time I have left. I probably have more notes on Donald Trump than anything else right now, so I won't finish them all, but let me share some with you. Woodrow Wilson, President of the United States during World War I, Woodrow Wilson, uh, is quoted to have said, And I quote to you, all the extraordinary men I have ever known were chiefly extraordinary in their own estimation. All the extraordinary men I have ever known were chiefly extraordinary in their own estimation. Now, who does that reflect? Who does that sound like? Donald Trump. He thinks he's a big man. He's extraordinary, which now brings me to Donald Uh, I want to talk first about what happened, what happened uh, in Parkland, Florida, at the Douglas High School last week. Uh, I just want to make some 
at random observations on what occurred there. Uh, children died, and children will continue to die because politicians, our politicians, want to keep their seats. Children will die because politicians want to keep their seats. Uh, man, man, M-A-N, I'm talking about man and generally, generically, man in this world, okay, is at his worst when money becomes more important than children. Money is more important than children. I am, I'm leaning up to all the NRA money these guys, these politicians get. Uh, then there's, you have extremists who lobby, NRA again, and their lobbying efforts supersede and are more important to the legislators than public safety. Something else bothers me about this. Every time we have a shooting tragedy, what do our politicians, our elected people say? This is not the time to talk about it. This is not the time to talk about it. Like we, out of respect for the dead, we shouldn't talk about it. Bullshit. That's the only way I, I can react to it. Bullshit. Did we talk about 9-11? We talked about 9-11 the same day it happened. Uh, did we talk about Pearl Harbor? You better believe it. The same day it happened. When tragedy occurs, you talk about it immediately. It's the best time to start dealing with it. And yes, your emotions should affect your decision because whatever happened was bad for you and your people. But our politicians don't want to talk about it. This is not the time. Now, I say money influences things, and I want to show you the amount of money that the NRA is spending on certain United States senators. The New York Times on October 14, 2017, just a few months ago, the New York Times set forth a list of which, what each senator and member of the House of Representatives had received and, and political contributions from the NRA. These numbers are going to blow your mind. The number one person, and I'm sorry it was him, is John McCain, for whom I have a lot of respect, but he has received from the NRA over the years $7,700,000. Would you believe $7,700,000? Senator Richard Burr is number two. He's a piker. He only received $6,900,000. And then there's Senator Blunt. He got $4,500,000. Money buys influence. Money buys friendship. Money gets things done your way. This is the way it is in the world. We've got to cut off these guys from getting these people from getting this kind of money. We've got to get the Supreme Court decision reversed. Uh, citizens, whatever it was, that said, oh, corporations are a person. They can contribute. And it turns out they contribute to PACs in unreasonable amounts, huge amounts, that the ordinary person does not even have that kind of money. We've got to get back to a situation where it isn't money that is influencing election. It's an election that's basic, right, and wrong. Uh, Trump. He's going to visit. Uh, he, he's, he did visit Parkland last Thursday or Friday. He didn't go to the school. 
and he didn't talk to the students. He talked to two of the children who were in the hospital. There are many more than the 17 who were killed in the hospital. He had their pictures taken with him and their families, a boy and a girl, and that was it. And he didn't talk about gun control, which is the real issue. Uh, he didn't talk about the shootings. You don't talk about it today. What he talked about was what a great job the first responders did. And I'm sure they did. But they're third or fourth in the line of things you're going to talk about. In a tragedy like this, you talk about right away, we got to put a halt to this and we're going to do this and this or that. But he sold his soul to the company store. Trump It belongs to the NRA. Okay, let me give you an example. Rubio was there at the, at the hospital. And Senator Rubio said, and I quote to the president, this is a community in a state that is in deep pain, and they want action to make sure this never happens again. And what do you think Trump said? He looked at Rubio and he said, you can count on it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Good luck. You can't count on it because he never does things the right way, and I don't think he's going to do anything right with this situation. Let me give you three examples quickly why I won't. Today it was announced, just before I came on the show, I saw it in the newscast, that uh, Trump has signed a regulation prohibiting that thing that would be added to uh, an assault rifle to make it as good as an AR-15. He says, I did this. Well, it's on, and he had a smile, like, what's the good thing I did? I am reacting. He should have reacted after Las Vegas to that. But what he did is meaningless. There'll be a, a court proceeding almost immediately. You can't stop those things from being sold and used with a regulation. It requires an act of Congress. You see what he does? He short sells us on everything, and he makes it look like he did a great job. The other thing is the budget that he proposed for this year, Donald Trump, our president, okay, calls for a 36%, a 36% cut to an education department grant program that supports safe schools. Money set aside, one portion of the money set aside for safe state schools. Now, let's do the right things, whatever we got to do. Uh, he took 36% out of what was requested. And the other thing is he slashed public funds for mental health treatment. Here, he and all these other NRA supporters are saying, well, it's the crazy people, and we've got to deal with that. It's not the gun owners. Well, why did he slash the amount of public funds for mental health treatment? What else have I got here on, on, on our President Trump? Uh, He, no president of the United States since 1983, a long time ago now, it's 17 and 18 years, that's 35 years, has a sitting president of the United States appeared before a meeting, a convention of the NRA. No one, because they know it's wrong what the NRA is doing. Well, Donald Trump appeared, this, appeared before the NRA since he was elected, and you know what he said to them? And I'm quoting him. Quote, you have a true friend and champion in the White House. You have a true friend and champion in the White House. He ain't our friend, folks. He belongs body and soul to the NRA. Let me say this, too. I want to talk about the students 
at Playland. Uh, the students at the Douglas High School, they're pissed off and they're going to try to do something. I see a youth movement growing in this country. It may very well be the start of something that's going to correct the gun problem. Uh, what I see is this. After Pearl Harbor, after the Japan success at Pearl Harbor, the admiral who led the attack at Pearl Harbor, uh, Hisoku Yamato, said, and I quote, I fear all we have done is awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> this last shooting, I think, uh, this last shooting awakened a sleeping giant in the form of the school student. That's because, number one, you can't bullshit kids. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> they know right from wrong. They haven't been contaminated by life. They don't fear losing a job they don't have. All right? And they, so he can say anything he wants, Donald Trump. It won't affect them. It's bullshit. They know it. And also, remember this. The good book says, in many part, parts, Old Testament, New Testament, you know, Children speak the truth. Children speak the truth. And you can depend on kids to speak the truth because, again, they haven't been contaminated. So I think we have awakened a sleeping giant here. I've got a lot more, but my half hour is gone. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. Uh, I've enjoyed preparing it and presenting it to you and expressing my opinions. Uh, keep busy. We've got to pay attention to these things more than we are. We've got to talk about these things more because we're going down the tubes. Uh, and if you don't think we are, something's wrong with you. My book, Irma and Me, is out there. Please buy it, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, $14.95. It's about me and the hurricane, humorous and sad at the same time. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week.